Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 actors born in June in today's episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation of Royal Dalton Music Getting this episode just in, uh, under the wire, uh, for for the month of June, and uh, whew, made it. No sweat, little sweat, little sweat. Um, June, it's a big month. A lot of stuff happens in June. Schools are out. Summer is in full swing. It's unbearably hot, depending on where you live. Uh, and we've got some of the best actors uh, alive or deceased uh, who were born in this month. Uh, Looking over the list from 2017, two years ago, a lot of changes have taken place. Only three names from the 2017 list are on the 2019 top 10 list. 2017 list from 10 to 1 was Stellan Skarsgård, Paul Dano, Nick Offerman, Matthew Lewis, Paul Giamatti, Francis McDormand, Brian Cox, Johnny Depp, Meryl Streep, and Bill Hader. And only three of them, uh, only three of them make it into this, this one's top ten. Uh, so, it's, it's a big, it's a big difference. A lot, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of missing, uh, films that, that came around, uh, for some of these people and, and really <laughs> damaged their, their scores, unfortunately. Uh, but that said, um, you know, there's there's not much we can do about it, uh, or I can do about it. It's 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 sealed. It's it's finished. We got new new names. Get rid of the old stuff, and and let's see where things stand now. Let's do it. Um, so here we go. Top ten actors born in June. 2019. Starting, starting with number 10. 10 highest ranked actor born in June. Born June 3rd, 1925 from New York. Uh, I only have seven film credits from this guy. For an average film rating of 73.71, he has, I've seen one Oscar nomination. Uh, no wins. He's got a value of 6.5, a score of 63.83 to be ranked to 250th overall. 250. Uh, for a little context, the lowest, the number 10 ranked person two years ago was 132nd. So things have definitely spread out for June here. Um, but number 250 is none other. Then uh, the deceased passing away September 29, 2010, at the age of 85, Tony Curtis. Uh, hopefully, you're familiar with Tony Curtis. He's been in some pretty big movies. Uh, he is not, you know, one of those background actors that frequently makes these lists. But he is well known for his, his appearances in Rosemary's Baby, Some Like It Hot, Spartacus, Sweet Smell of Success, 
The Defiant Ones, Winchester 73, and uh, the only other film of his that I've seen is The Vikings. Uh, so seven films. He's got 123 credits on Letterboxd, so I've, I've only seen 5%, so very small sample size. But they're all pretty much good. I thought The Vikings was meh, not that great, but The Defiant Ones, which he was nominated for an Oscar for, is good, very good. And then Some Like It Hot, Spartacus, Rosemary's Baby, and Sweet Smell Success are great movies. And uh, he is an instrumental part in, in what makes them so good. Tony Curtis, he's a very... I, I, every t- I see his face, I look at his face, and, and I always get the impression of Ray Liotta. That's who I imagine him to be, kind of like a you know, four decades younger Ray Liotta. Three decades, maybe? He was born in 25. Liotta's probably... Now I gotta look. Yeah, three about three decades younger Ray Liotta. And I like Ray Liotta. I think he's a good actor. But he, he's very... confined, uh, I think. I don't think he has quite the range uh, outside of, you know, crime movies and things like that. Whereas Tony Curtis always surprises me because I'm kind of expecting this sort of Ray Liotta type performance and it's almost never what like look if you look at him in some like it hot he is hilarious he is funny he he just I feel like he is able to kind of shrug off you know any kind of expectations any kind of uh, limitations uh, to to his characters and, and I really really uh, admire that in him you know to go from stuff like sweet smell of success to some like it hot to rosemary's baby to spartacus like those four movies are wildly different genres that demand wildly different things from him and he's pretty much always up to the task to you know stick with uh the genre he's in the character he's playing and uh, i've always been really impressed by him i you know the re- there's no good reason why I haven't seen more of his films. Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen that are popular from Letterboxd perspective. The Celluloid Closet from 1995. Uh, Criss Cross from 1949. Paris When It Sizzles. The Boston Strangler. The Great Race. Insignificance. Uh, the Manitou. Operation Petticoat. The Last Tycoon. Uh, you know, and on and on. Sex and the Single Girl. Play It to the Bone. Houdini. Trapeze, the list of Adrian Messenger, don't make waves, and on and on and on and on. Uh, you know he he's got, uh, you know, great career, great career. Um, he married Janet Lee, not you know fellow actor Janet Lee, and is the father of Jamie Lee Curtis of Halloween fame. So he's uh, you know he's he's got. You know, it's more than just him. You know, he's got a pedigree. He's got um, a wide variety of of influences, I guess you could say, on this on this uh, on this industry. And I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, he's not a name I think about. I guess you know, like every once in a while, you'll get I'll get like you know James Stewart or Burt Lancaster. Uh, Jack Lemon and and those those people's and their names will just kind of hit my brain uh, as you know these are big names from you know 
the mid 1900s the you know actors that were huge and stars and Tony Curtis isn't one that really comes to mind and and maybe that's to do with the fact that I haven't seen as many movies from him yet uh, but shouldn't be you know there's no reason not to because he's a pretty fantastic actor and um, I'm glad to see him make this list even if it is at number 10 uh, and uh, I see big things in this young man's future big things big things so number 10 Tony Curtis Tony Curtis who was not on the previous top 10 list. Um, one of the three people who was on the previous top 10 list is our number nine from June. Uh, born June 26th, 1970, with 28 film credits to their name, an average rating of 61.39, no Oscar nominations or wins, a value of seven, a score of 64.3, to be ranked 234th overall. From Illinois is Nick Offerman. Dropping one spot from 8th to ninth here two years later uh, is actually pretty damn good uh, for Nick Offerman, who isn't really a leading man. He, you know, his big movies on Letterboxd are things like 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, The Lego Movie, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, Sin City, We're the Millers, Bad Times at the El Royale, Sing, The Kings of Summer, Hearts Beat Loud, Hotel Transylvania 2, etc., etc., and uh, with the exception of Hearts Beat Loud, you know, he's not on any of these posters. He's not a lead in any of these movies. And uh, it's kind of a shame. I don't know how much of a... I don't know how much of a leading man Nick Offerman's capabilities are. You know, I thought he was great in Hearts Beat Loud. Absolutely great. But... I think he can definitely fill in, you know, that like very high-profile supporting role, uh, you know, which you might even contribute. You might even say that that's what he was in Hearts Beat Loud, and you know, it's it's a it's a shame because uh, he he's so good. He he's great voice actor, great you know role player. You know, in the founder, I thought he did a really good job in the founder opposite Michael Keaton. Um. But he's in a lot of smaller stuff, you know, In a World, Smashed, um, The Hero, you know, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, I guess, would be considered small. The Founder, small. Good Times at the, or Bad Times at the El Royale, small. And I guess as a performer, he hasn't fully broken out yet, uh, outside of Parks and Rec, and TV show. So, um, like I said, I've seen 28 films that he's been in. He's got 59 credits on Letterboxd, so just under half uh, for me right now. Some of the films of his I haven't seen uh, include Ice Age Collision, Collision Course, 2016, Murder by Numbers, Casa de mi Padre. Uh, he's got a film coming out this year, uh, in theory. Uh, I don't know if there's a hard release date for Lucy in the Sky just yet. Uh, from two years ago, The House of Tomorrow, Dayton Switch, uh, Paradise from 2013. Not not too many big things uh, on this list. Not too many, but a couple. A couple of things that I've kind of overlooked and uh, haven't gotten to yet. Um, I mentioned Lucy in the Sky. Uh, another 2019 film is Francis Ferguson, which I don't 
might be out yet. A uh, hundred people have seen it on Letterboxd, and I don't know that that's really indicative of it being released. Um, but yeah, Nick Offerman. I think he's one of those guys where you give him the smallest role in the movie, and you know he still takes it as as seriously as if he was the leading man, as if the entire film rested on his shoulders. And I think that is one of the greatest qualities that he has and it really comes through you know when if you just look at parks and rec episodes where he has two three scenes uh you know he's still flawlessly in character uh, flawlessly killing every moment that he gets on screen and uh it's 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 really wonderful it really is so i'm pleased you know i'm glad he was able to stick it out this time uh he is slipping though he is slipping. You know, I've, I saw 17 films that he was in two years ago. That number has jumped up to 28. Uh, his average film rating has dropped by about 11 points, uh, which is rough. So uh, he's going to, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to pull it off for, for a third time in the, in the future. But I hope so, because I really do enjoy Nick Offerman, and I think he's... Uh, He's a guy worth having around. Guy worth having around. So number nine, Nick Offerman. Number eight, <clears throat> number eight, uh, born June 2nd, 1961 in Ireland uh, with 18 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 63.94, no Oscar nominations, uh, value of 8.5, and a score of 66.05 to be ranked 183rd overall is Mr. Liam Cunningham. Liam Cunningham. Uh, perhaps most well-known uh, for his uh, role in Game of Thrones, uh, which, of course, any actor in that show is pretty much... That's who they are now. Uh, but he's been in some good movies. He, like Nick Offerman, has never really been a leading man, but he has been in some pretty pretty fine, pretty strong films, including Hunger, A Little Princess, The Guard, The Wind That Shakes the Barley, Breakfast on Pluto, The Whistleblower, uh, Northanger Abbey, uh, The Escapist, Jude, Pitch Black Heist, which is a short film, Perrier's Bounty, I, I like, uh, but nothing, I don't know, you know, none of these movies are ones that really... I don't know, j jump out and, and, you know, they're not really known for him. And, you know, he's been in a couple of not so great ones, including Clash of the Titans. Uh, you know, a couple of uh, Safe House is not that good. But Liam Cunningham is is a lot of fun to watch on screen. I think he he's, makes the best of... Uh, his minimal screen time in these movies. And hopefully, and I feel like I say this about all of the actors on Game of Thrones, hopefully, now that Game of Thrones has ended, they can, they can, uh, I don't know, you know, their, their careers can flourish in, in width instead of depth with, with the Game of Thrones series. And uh, I, I would love to see that happen for Cunningham. I've seen 18 films that he's been in. He's got 60 credits on Letterboxd, so a little less than a third that I've seen. He's uh, Some of the films of his I haven't seen. 
according to popularity here. Uh, the Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor from 2008. Dog Soldiers from 2002. Uh, the Childhood of a Leader from 2015. First Night from 1995. Let Us Pray, 2014. The Tournament, The Numbers Station, The Card Player, Blood, The Last Vampire. Um, and then it kind of... A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of junk here at the bottom, if I'm being honest. Uh, but based on those those movies and looking at these posters and what I know to be true about them, I think there's a good a good chance Liam Cunningham goes down uh, with this list. I, I think he's been he was able to enter the top ten this time, mostly on the on the uh, with the help of everyone else, you know, getting penalized and, and dropping uh, in value or in score. My favorite film that he's been in is uh, The Wind That Shakes the Barley. I think that's pretty fantastic. Uh, it's a uh, 2006 film from Ken Loach that I would recommend everyone check out. It stars Killian Murphy. But other than that, you know, like, it's just it's just Liam Cunningham. Um, most recent films slash upcoming films uh, I guess you could say he was in the Game of Thrones documentary, The Last Watch. Uh, he's also in a 2019 film called The Hot Zone with Juliana Margulis and Noah Emmerich. That uh, is a good, uh, which is uh, looks like it's actually a miniseries. Uh, and I hate that they put those on Letterboxd. So just scratch that one. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones, The Last Watch, I guess. I guess if I get around to that, that'll count too. Um, Liam Cunningham. There's not much more to say about this guy, but I like him. I would say I recommend get a little taste of Liam Cunningham. Watch Pitch Black Heist. Uh, it also stars Michael Fassbender. It's a short film. I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. So that would be my my pitch uh, to see more of Liam Cunningham outside of Game of Thrones. So. Uh, number eight, born in June, is Liam Cunningham. Number seven. Um, let me reorder this a little bit. Yes. Number seven, born June 19th, 1984, New York, with 20 film credits that I've seen, an average rating of 65.1, no Oscar nominations, a value of eight, a score of 67.18 to be ranked 151st overall is Paul Dano. Paul Dano, the youngest person in this current top 10 list, uh, is uh, someone I really didn't like uh, when I was younger. And I think I'd only really seen him... Like, I hadn't even seen him in much. I think the first time I ever saw him was Little Miss Sunshine. And I wasn't, like, a huge fan of him then. I think the second thing I saw him in was There Will Be Blood. And I still wasn't a huge fan of his. And I think that is more due to, like, my own young naivety and, and so on. But in, in the interim, since then, I've grown to really respect him, really appreciate him. I think his face is a little smushy. And... <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know. He has an unconventional look, and uh, so he kind of always always surprises me somehow. 
You know, he's great in There Will Be Blood. He's great in Little Miss Sunshine. Prisoners, 12 Years a Slave, Looper, Swiss Army Man, Okja, uh, Ruby Sparks. Ruby Sparks is probably the movie that really turned me on to Paul Dano because I love, I mean, I love that movie and it is all about him and he is pretty spectacular, you know, as this writer who can, can absolutely control uh, a woman he creates from words. 20 films that I've seen, uh, that's out of the 34 credits that he has on Letterboxd. That's you know almost 60% of his films. And, you know, that's quite a bit. Uh, you know, he's, he's younger, so obviously his, his filmography is a little smaller. Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen from popularity standpoint. Taking Lives from 2004. Uh, Fast Food Nation from 06. The Ballad of Jack and Rose from 05. Uh, War and Peace from 2016, which is probably a miniseries because it's six hours long. Um, Being Flynn, The Emperor's Club, The Extra Man, The King, The Good Heart, uh, and so on. Really, uh, no, not really much dead weight here. You know, most of these people, you look at the bottom you know, 20, 30 films on their list, and it's all just posters you've never seen, titles you've never heard of, and Paul Dano has, like, three or four of those as, a pair, as opposed to, like, 20. Um, he was also, he's also in Escape at Denimora, uh, which is a miniseries that I've heard incredibly great things about. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I have heard a lot of great things about this show, and... Uh, He's in it. He is, going to Letterbox, third build behind Benicio del Toro and Patricia Patricia Arquette. Uh, so, escape it, escape it, Denimora. Um, Paul Dano, Paul Dano. My favorite film with Paul Dano is, I guess, Twelve Years a Slave. He's not the biggest character in that. Uh, my favorite performance of his would be a lot harder. I, probably there will be blood um, but like between that and Swiss Army Man Ruby Sparks I think he's got some pretty fantastic performances to look at uh, you know a lot he's very top heavy in his filmography um, but you know he has some some misses I think you know you've got the Cowboys and Aliens and Night and Day The Girl Next Door uh, Gigantic and so on. What is this? Uh, explicit ills. So, you know, not without his faults. And looking at the rest of the films, outside of The Ballad of Jack and Rose, uh, which stars Daniel Day-Lewis, which could be okay, there doesn't seem to be a lot of movies here that, uh, that are going to help him out, if I'm being honest. So, we'll see. You know, hopefully he's got some new stuff coming out. There's nothing listed on Letterboxd, but Hopefully, I'm always interested in Paul Dano. He's not a draw, but I'm I'm always I'm I'm pleased to see his name attached to a project. I guess is what I get is what I'll say. Paul Dano, Paul Dano, number seven, born in June. We move on to number six, born in born on June seventh, June seventh, nineteen seventy eight, with forty seven film credits to their name. 
an average film rating of 59.38, no Oscar nominations, a, a value of 11, and a score of 67.96 to be ranked 132nd overall is Mr. Bill Hader. Bill Hader, uh, another person who was on this list the first time around. Uh, am I right about that? Am I wrong? About yes, he was number one, in fact, uh, two years ago. 29th overall. I'd seen him in 40 films. In two years, he's added seven films to this list, and his average film rating has dropped four points, and now he is sixth. Um, yeah. Uh, he's he's going to be a mainstay on this list and if not on it he will be you know in the you know 11 to 15 range i think at the least for a while his voice performances really buoy him in these things you know as one of the contributing vocal elements to BB8 he is in the new Star Wars movies he was in Her Inside Out Finding Dory Monsters University Toy Story 4 Ralph Breaks the Internet uh, Sausage Party, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Megamind, uh, The BFG, Cloudy Meatballs 2, Angry Birds, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Turbo. I mean, not all these are good movies, but he's in so many things. That's not even including his live performances in things like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Superbad, 22 Jump Street. Um... Popstar, Pineapple Express, Men in Black 3, Trainwreck, uh, Adventureland, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Knocked Up, etc., etc., etc. So many credits. He's been in a ton of things. Uh, he's got 68 credits on Letterboxd. That's about 70%-ish uh, of his films that I've seen. And there's a lot of good movies. Uh, there's a lot of good movies on these lists. Uh, my highest rated film of him with that he's part of is Inside Out. Um, highest rated film that he's a part of that he's not a voice is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And, I mean, I love Bill Hader. I, I think, you know, go a little further down the list here as far as popularity is concerned to see probably my favorite performance of his in a movie is The Skeleton Twins. He and Kristen Wiig are perfect together. They have great chemistry. Um, nothing's going to stop us now. That scene is brilliant and I don't know I, I'm a big fan of Bill Hader some of the films of his I haven't seen Maggie's Plan from 2015 uh, Too Funny to Fail that's that's there's not much it's a lot of you know SNL or, or just like comedy performances and the Brothers Solomon from 2007 uh, but one thing he does have is a lot of upcoming projects. So this year, he's already had Toy Story 4. He will be reprising his role in Angry Birds Movie 2. He will be taking on an adult version of a character from It Chapter 2. And he is going to be in the film, in the Disney's film Noel, which I think is animated, but uh, I don't know. Might not be. Uh, also also starring Anna Kendrick and Shirley MacLaine. Uh, sounds animated, if, if those are the people attached to it. Um, yeah, so it's listed as 2019. I don't think it's coming out that year, though. A lot of stuff for Bill Hader. 
he, like I mentioned, was very high up before. He was ranked 29th overall, number one for June. He has dropped over 100 spots in two years. And he's still high up on this list. He's going to be a mainstay. Like I, he has, you know, uh, 20 more films, 19 more films, I guess, than anyone else on this top 10 list. And just by that very nature, it's difficult to lose as many spots when you have so many films to kind of fall back on. And uh, Bill Hader is not lacking in number in films. So, um, yeah, Bill Hader. You know, he's he's just he's a very reliable voice performer, and uh, I could see him. I think he just needs. I don't know. He gets all these small parts in these animated movies, and I really think if he got a big part, a you know, a leading voice part, he could do a lot of awesome stuff with that. And outside of uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, he hasn't had that. And I don't think the the guy in Cloudy Flint. I don't think Flint is a particularly like difficult voice to do. So. Yeah, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah, number six, born in June. Number six. Cool. All right, that moves us on to number five. And here we have uh, one of one, one of mm, two, I guess, maybe, uh, of the actors that make these lists that... No one really has any idea who these people are. They just make them because they just happen to be in a lot of old movies that are really good. Uh, and this this person, born June 5th, 1878, passing July 4th, 1961, at the age of 83, born in Massachusetts. With 18 film credits that I've seen, an average rating of 66.72, no Oscar nominations, a value of 8, a score of 68.05, and a ranking of 128th is Franklin Farnham. Franklin Farnham, supporting actor. Not really. Um, just a extra in a lot of these movies, including Sunset Boulevard, The Killing, Stagecoach, Witness for the Prosecution, Funny Face, East of Eden, The Lost Weekend, The Lady Eve, White Christmas, A Place in the Sun, The Heiress, Around the World in 80 Days, The Greatest Show on Earth, Meet John Doe, A Letter to Three Wives, Daisy Canyon, Destination Moon, and many, many others. He has 103 credits on Letterboxd. I've seen 18 of them, or 17%. Some of the ones I haven't seen. Uh, Monsieur Verdu with Charles Chaplin. Uh, Some Came Running. The Narrow Margin. Fallen Angel. No Man of Her Own. Gold Diggers of 1935. Deception. Alias Nick Beale. Roadblock. And Boomtown, among many, many others, uh, as I scroll down the list here. I don't have anything I can really tell you about Franklin Farnham, other than he's been in some good shit. <laughs> that's, that's really about it. Uh, so that's number five, Franklin Farnham. Number four is uh, a, much more, a much younger man uh, who has been in some recent movies. Born June 9th, 1969 in New York with 13 film credits that I've seen, an average rating of 69.23, no Oscar nominations, a value of nine, a score of 69 even, to be ranked 100th overall. We have hit the top 100, finally, with four people left, is Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. I have given him a nomination of Best Supporting Performance uh, for 
eighth grade, which he is in. He has also been in Manchester by the Sea, The Born Identity, Francis Ha, Margaret, The Meyerowitz Stories, Away We Go, Ice Age, the first one, uh, and a couple of others that I've seen. Some of the films he's been in that I haven't seen, J. Edgar, 2011, Dark Skies from 2013, The House of Yes, Another Woman, Alive, Take Me to the River, With Honors, Outsourced, um, and uh, then we get to the bottom bottom half of his films, and uh, I don't recognize any of these posters. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Josh Hamilton, uh, outside of eighth grade, I, I really couldn't have pegged him as anything. You know, he's been on Broadway, uh, as well as acted in film. He had such a great performance in eighth grade, and I was really impressed by his his ability to play, um, you know, Kayla's father in that movie. And I, you know, I don't know if that's going to mean anything new for him or anything big for him in the future. Uh, he's got one future movie credited on here. Uh, from 2020 called False Positive. Again, I, I don't know anything about it, but, yeah, you know, I'm after eighth grade, I am here for any film that Josh Hamilton is in, and, uh, you know, he's been in some great ones. Manchester by the Sea, Francis Ha, Margaret, eighth grade, I think all fantastic films and worth checking out if you haven't seen one or two of them. But outside of eighth grade, he isn't, you know very prominent actor uh, as far as you know screen time is concerned and that's you know up that you know disappointing dis disappointing so uh, yeah easily eighth grade my favorite film that he's been in um, like the ones I've mentioned already the top of the list born identities up there my era with stories away we go all very high on this list and uh, he is Someone who wasn't even on the spreadsheet uh, two years ago and didn't get added, I think, until eighth grade. And I kind of realized, oh, wow, he's been in a handful of really great stuff. So Josh Hamilton, my number four, born in June. Josh Hamilton. Number three, uh, probably another name unfamiliar to many. Uh, born June 22nd, 1923, passing July 4th, 1981 at the age of 58. From Japan with five films that I've seen an average rating of 86 even a, uh, no Oscar nominations a, a value of 8 and a score of 69.43 to be ranked 94th overall is Isao Kimura Kimura Isao Kimura uh, whoo it's been in five movies they're all exceptionally good Seven Samurai Ikiru High and Low Throne of Blood and Stray Dog I believe they are all Akira Kurosawa films as well. He's got 55 film credits on Letterboxd, so I've seen 9%. And some of the ones I haven't seen include Pastoral, Colon to Die in the Country, Lone Wolf and Cub, Assassination, Black Lizard, The Affair, Confessions Among Actresses, Affair in the Snow, Our Marriage, Beautiful Days, Summer Clouds, Impasse, Little Peach, Hero of the Red Light District, Sazen Tange and the Secret of the Urn, 
etc., etc., etc. These are all foreign language films, probably all Japanese films. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, there's a handful of these, you know, this is the other side of the, you know, extras that are appearing in lots of movies, and it's the, the Kurosawa, uh, faithfuls, uh, Isao Kimura, just one of many, and, you know, definitely has, you know, real roles in these films, you know, Seven Samurai, uh, he was, Katsushiro Okamoto, one of, I believe one of, the Seven Samurai. Uh, do not know them by name. In Ikiru, he was an intern, so a little less lower down the list there. In High and Low, he was Detective Arai. Arai? Arai. Uh, in Throne of Blood, uh, he was a Phantom Samurai. And of course, in Stray Dog, which... Uh, was the first film that he appeared in with Kurosawa. He played uh, Yusa, one of the uh, criminals. So definitely has had some big roles. I'm, I'm sure looking into some of his other film films here, he would find uh, more screen time, perhaps some lead roles uh, somewhere along the way. But, you know, it, it pays to work with the really good director over and over again. Uh, for the purposes of this spreadsheet and these rankings, and uh, didn't get him all the way number one, but he's certainly, certainly in the conversation, certainly in the conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, he's very close, you know, you'll see he's, he's very close to overtaking the highest place on this month. Uh, I don't really know, let me see here, we look at average rating, I've seen five of his top six average rated films on Letterboxd. The only one that isn't, that I haven't seen is Pastoral, Colon to Die in the Country, which is just ahead of Stray Dog and behind the other four. So, you know, hopefully I'll get the, you know, by the next time I get to this uh, this top ten list, I'll have at least five more films from Isao Kimura seen, and uh, we'll see if, I mean, we'll see if he can really keep it up. So, number three, born in June, is Isao Kimura from Japan, number three. Number two, number two, born in June, was not on the list two years ago, uh, born June 3rd, 1911, passing April 14th, 1999 at the age of 87, from Wisconsin, with nine films that I've seen, to their credit, an average film rating of 75.78, no Oscar nominations, a value of, of nine, a score of 71 even, to be ranked 79th overall is Ellen Corby. Ellen Corby. Uh, she is, according to Letterboxd, most widely remembered for the role of Grandma Esther Walton on the CBS television series The Waltons, for which she won three Emmy Awards. Uh, sure. Never seen it, never heard of it. She has been nominated for an Oscar. I have not seen the film associated with it, but it is I Remember Mama, starring Irene Dunn from George Stevens. Uh, I've seen I, I've seen this poster. I've heard of this movie before. You know, I don't know much about it, but it's uh, pretty well rated here, 3.6 on Letterboxd. I've seen nine films of hers out of the 80 that she has credits for, uh, including Vertigo, it's a Wonderful Life, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, Sabrina, Shane, Caged, 
1949 version of Mighty Joe Young, the 1949 version of Little Women. And it's a lot to like. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to like uh, in this list of, of films. And I think, you know, Ellen Corby, not quite an extra, not quite that um, removed from the spotlight, but certainly uh, more, much more of a supporting role, much more of a smaller performer uh, relative to some of the other bigger names on this list. Uh, some of the films of hers I haven't seen, uh, according to popularity. The Spiral Staircase. Uh, Laurel and Hardy in Sons of the Desert. Gregory Peck in The Gunfighter. Born to Kill. The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer. Bedlam. Bobby Sox... Soxer. Yeah. Uh, Babes in Toyland. The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. I Remember Mama. Pocketful of Miracles. Macabre. Madame Bovary. Cornered, Susan Slept Here, Forever Amber, and The Glass Bottom Boat, among many others. Scrolling down through the list here. Lots of stuff. Um, Ellen Corby. You, she's got a picture here on Letterboxd of her, maybe when she was in her role for I Remember Mama. Hard to say. Uh, but she's she seems like a very stern woman from this picture can't remember you know her in any of these movies and 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 what that how, how that how she's portrayed in these um and going forward i will have a especially when i see i remember mama i'll you know have a much better idea of what i'm looking for and how to get an idea get a sense for for her style and and what she's capable of but other than that you know i'm, I'm not super well versed in the old Ellen Corby of it all. So I remember Mama, definitely on the list, gonna check that out um, at some point soon. Uh, but Ellen Corby, number two. Number two, born in June, our runner-up, first time on the list, huge leap into the top 10, uh, which brings us, at long last, to our numero uno. Number one, uh, someone else who was not on the list. So the three people carrying over from two years ago, Paul Dano, who went from ninth to seventh, Nick Offerman, who dropped from eighth to ninth, and uh, Bill Hader, who dropped from first to sixth, making her debut on the list. And I'm so pleased to have her here. Born June 16th, 1955 in Illinois, with 19 film credits to her name, an average film rating of 67.24, one Oscar nomination, no wins, a value of 11, a score of 71.16 to be ranked 78th overall, just one spot ahead of Ellen Corby. That much separates the two of them. 0.16 is Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf, uh, who has surged to the top of this list uh, on the backs of the Toy Story franchise, all four films, Lady Bird, for which she was nominated for an Oscar, uh, and pretty much it. Uh, those are the big ones. Those are the ones carrying her all this way. Those are her top five films for me. Uh, other good films of hers that I, I have seen and, and really enjoy, Leaving Las Vegas is a big one. Bullworth, I'm a big fan of. I really like Bullworth. She's been in Uncle Buck. Uh, she was a voice in Treasure Planet. She was in JFK. And uh, that's pretty much it. Like, only 17 films. There are some not-so-great ones in there, like Scream 2, Fun with Dick and Jane, A Dangerous Woman. Uh, you 
could even say, you know, add meet the Robinsons, stop loss, or okay at best. Uh, yeah. Laurie Metcalf. Uh, her, her career, her filmography, at least from what I've seen, doesn't exactly warrant this high of a ranking, uh, given that she has, you know, maybe a dozen lines in the entirety of the Toy Story franchise and gets four different film credits for them. But, you know, she's three-time Emmy winner, three-time Golden Globe nominee, uh, nominated for a Tony, nominated for SAG, Oscar. You know, she's she's w- very prolific. She's out there. She's in, you know, some a little bit of everything. And uh, I'm... I'm Always, especially now after her incredible performance in Lady Bird, very much interested in anything she's willing to put her name on. Some of the films of hers that I haven't seen, uh, Desperately Seeking Susan, U-Turn, Runaway Bride, Internal Affairs, Pacific Heights, Georgia Rule, Blink, Making Mr. Right, Beer League, Candy Mountain, Dear God, Hell Cab, no, Chicago Cab, the poster says Hell Cab, Mistress, um, Stars and Bars, Always Outnumbered, uh, and, and a couple of others. She's got 40 film credits listed on Letterboxd. I've seen 17 of them, 42%. Uh, given her career, you know, small number of films, uh, spending a lot of time on television, you know, on Roseanne, uh, among other things, and then you know, and on, on stage at Broadway. So, smaller sample size here, smaller list of things to pull from from her filmography. Doesn't seem to be a ton that are gonna, you know, do much for her her resume here. Um, Always Outnumbered is the highest ranked rated film that I haven't seen, uh, but given there's only 178 people that have logged it, who knows what that actually means. So, I don't know. You know, I'm really glad that Laurie Metcalf makes it this high. I am very concerned that she is going to plummet as I explore her filmography further. And that is disappointing. That is disappointing. I think she is a lot of fun. She's uh, been around for a long time. And, and she's really... I, I really hope that that from, from Lady Bird she can find a lot of new great roles. Uh, and I, I think there's a good chance that she does. So, nothing listed here uh, on on Letterboxd going forward for her future. Uh, as she is the last person, let's check IMDb. Maybe they've got some extra information that we're not aware of, or that Letterboxd is not aware of. And they do not. They do not. Um, two films that she's been in in the last... Five years, Lady Bird and Toy Story 4. Um, two of the last four films she's been in are Toy Story movies. So, you know, uh, not a very a very prolific actor. But, you know, that's that's her own choice. And she's, she's doing something right. She's number one in June. Number 78 overall. One more time, running through the top ten here for uh, Born in June. Starting with number 10, Tony Curtis, Nick Offerman, Liam Cunningham, Paul Dano, Bill Hader, Franklin Farnham, Josh Hamilton, Isao Kimura, Ellen Corby, and our number one, Laurie Metcalf. That is it 
for today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to find more episodes, you can find them on circlefilm.com or most places that podcasts can be found, iTunes, Stitcher, and the like. If you'd like to get in contact with me um, for any reason at all, you can find me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Circle of Film. You can email me, circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe it wherever you are, however you want to do it. Or you can go to patreon.com slash circleoffilm and become a patron for as little as $0.08 cents an episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. And as always, have a week. So long, I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu Nothing's really left or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever, only out of place So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.